Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. Happy Wednesday to you and yours. We're talking a big trade in the NFL. We're going to do an NBA recap from the Tuesday games they had. And I think me and KO are going to revisit that whole Oprah for president thing. Let's get right to it. Few days leading up to Super Bowl 52, and we are not talking about the Philadelphia Eagles or the New England Patriots. Big trade in the NFL involving the Kansas City Chiefs and the Redskins. Alex Smith is going to D.C., y'all. This just in. I don't even know what the uh, specifics of the trade are, if it's draft picks, if it's players. All I know is Alex Smith is going to Washington, which leads to the big question is, what's going to happen with Kirk Cousins now? They had signed him to the franchise tag the last two seasons. He had made dumb money off of that. It was at first speculated towards the end of the regular season that maybe Kirk Cousins would reunite with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, but the Niners then pulled the trade for Jimmy Garoppolo, and that clearly seems to be working out for them because he won all of the games he started in San Francisco. So with San Francisco being off the table and the Shanahan Cousins reunion isn't isn't possible now, where is Kirk Cousins going to go? There are a couple spots that come to mind right off the top. The first one is Denver. They definitely need a quarterback. They've still got a solid defense and just shitty quarterback play. I wonder if the Broncos are going to make a strong push for Kirk Cousins this offseason. It will be interesting to see. And then, of course, there are a lot of other teams with suspect quarterback suspect quarterback play. Who learned me how to spoke this morning? But not all of those teams with suspect quarterback play are good teams. They're just suspect teams. As far as the contending teams that actually have the parts and they're just missing the quarterback, I feel that Denver might be the best place for Kirk Cousins. But you guys let me know. It is a big, big deal. I did mention that after the Kansas City Chiefs lost their playoff game, that Alex Smith, even though he performed pretty well in the game, he made it easy for them to use that playoff loss as an excuse to move on from him and go with the young buck Mahomes that they just drafted. And that's exactly what they did. They're going with the kid with the big arm. Hopefully he's been in the playbook well enough to to know how to run that system very well but Andy Reid is a good quarterback coach we'll see if that's a good move for Kansas City you guys let me know what you think is Patrick Mahomes ready to step in for Alex Smith he's got the stronger arm but Alex Smith has been known to be a game manager you didn't really get many turnovers with him and as long as he was quarterback most of his teams were usually in the game it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Washington it's going to be interesting to see what happens in Kansas City and then the whole free agent market with everyone going after Kirk Cousins from here on out. Alex Smith has a new job in Washington. Kirk Cousins is now officially going to be on the free agent market, collecting dumb money from some team somewhere. It's Callie KO brought to you by Anchor. We'll be back. We're talking basketball. Callie KO brought to you by Anchor. Let's hurry up and talk the association. Tuesday night basketball in the NBA and we're starting in the nation's capital of DC Oklahoma City Thunder traveled to Washington to face the Wizards this was the first game the Wizards were playing without John Wall he's going to be out six to eight weeks because of a knee surgery and Bradley Bill showed up and balled out the number two punch of their two-man backcourt showed that he's a bad motherfucker and he deserves to be an all-star Washington wins that game 102 to 96 Russ did good PG 13 who's a new all-star he did good Melo didn't do so bad Washington still comes out with the big win 
uh, let's the Battle of New York, Brooklyn versus the New York Knicks. Brooklyn got beat by the New York Knicks. I guess no one really cares about that game. But for you New Yorkers, the Knicks are the king of New York for right now. Good for them. Uh, very good game in Toronto. Minnesota Timberwolves versus the Toronto Raptors. Two teams that are in the playoff hunt, and they are contenders right now. Both, I think, are top four seeds in their respective conferences. Toronto comes out with a 109-104 to win. Both teams looked very impressive in the game, though. Hopefully they can keep that going through the All-Star break and keep it pushing in the second half. Now the game I want to talk about, Cleveland Cavaliers at the Detroit Pistons. Detroit's playing without Blake Griffin, who just got traded to their squad on Monday. Uh, He had to clear his physical, so he wasn't playing in the game today. Andre Drummond is now going to be a new All-Star reserve for Team LeBron. And he went out and showed why he should have been an all-star in the first place. 21 points, 22 boards, and the Detroit Pistons beat up on Cleveland without Blake Griffin. They had a limited roster, and they still beat up on the Cavaliers, man. Cleveland's done, y'all. I'm going to keep saying that so you guys know. Cleveland is done. They ain't going to get it done. I'm just saying. Can't Can't lose to Detroit, and they ain't even got Blake Griffin yet? Come on, man. Orlando Magic at Houston Rockets. Now this game right here, the beard went off. The first player in NBA history to record a 60-point triple-double. James Harden. My goodness. Those are some stats. And they still only won the game by 7 points, people. I mean, I I didn't mean to throw a little bit of shade. I just got to round that all out, man. The boy puts up a 60-point triple-double, and they still win the game 114-107. to Eh, still not worried about Houston. Denver loses a close game in San Antonio, 104 to 106. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the Spurs moving forward. Are they going to keep the roster as is and try to make a push in the playoffs? Or are they going to just, you know, without Kawhi, are they just going to go ahead and go, ah, we're done for this year. Let's just go ahead and look forward to the next season. And then I had to bring this game up. I'm Dub Nation's fan all day. I would normally start with them first, but on this specific situation, when they travel to Utah and they lose by 30 points, 99 to 129, they deserve to go last, man. Utah's a good team, but they're not put up 129 points on the dubs and beat them by 30 good. I mean, clearly that's what just happened, so I got to give credit to where credit is due. But as a dubs fan, we just chalk that up as an off night. That's where we do. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Those are the Tuesday night games from the NBA. We'll come right back. And I've got one more tidbit I want to talk basketball. It's Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. Yo, it's Cal and KO brought to you by Anchor. We always appreciate you for rocking with us. While I'm still talking NBA basketball, I've got a little bit of advice for the players on Team LeBron's all-star team. Run, niggas. Y'all better run quick. Y'all better get off his team as fast as you tether tucking can. I'm just saying. These all-star team, the rosters just came out on Thursday. And since Thursday, three of Team LeBron's players are not going to be able to participate in this year's all-star game. Boogie Cousins, Achilles, Torrent, out for the year. John Wall, knee surgery, out six to eight weeks. His own Cleveland Cavaliers teammate, Kevin Love, fractured left hand, out six to eight weeks. It was all good just a week ago. 
what the fuck just happened, Team LeBron? Are you the new Madden curse? Are you the Madden curse of the NBA? Anybody that goes on your team is just going to get hurt or hate playing with you or just have some catastrophic shit happen to them. If that's the case, all you other players that are on a team that is in playoff contention, get off of his team right now. KD, please ask to be switched over to Team Steph in the All-Star game. Please. You got a little bit of time left. I can't have nothing happening to you prior to the All-Star game or even after the All-Star game. Maybe this doesn't happen all before the All-Star game. Maybe the people on Team LeBron are going to get hurt or get cursed in some way after the All-Star break. As a Warriors fan, I can't have that. KD's on his team. I'm just saying. If I was a Pelicans fan, I would want Anthony Davis off of his team right now. What the fuck? Get off of Team LeBron. Go to Team Steph. You saw what happened with James Harden. He just put up a 60-point triple-double. Guess whose team he's on? Team Steph. That's right. That's how it's going to go down. Buckets all day. And if you're out there, basketball fans, let me know who you got in the All-Star game. Team Steph, Team LeBron, or why? Steph seems like he's got a lot of shooters. LeBron seems like he's got a lot of bad mojo on his side. I'm just saying. You let me know. It's Calvin KL brought to you by Anchor. Callan K.O. brought to you by Anchor on a Wednesday hump day edition of the show. The State of the Union address was last night, President Trump's very first official State of the Union address at Capitol Hill. And as of right now on Wednesday, it seems to have gotten good reviews. His approval rating is up 10 points from 32% up to 42%. He stayed on script from what I could tell for the most part the entire speech. They say most people... Most normal citizens can watch the State of the Union address on average for 15 to 20 minutes. I was interested in seeing that if he would go off the rails shortly after that 20-minute mark in like 22 minutes, maybe he gets off script and then he starts to become the President Trump that we saw during the campaign or when he goes on his rallies and talks to the base. Um, He didn't do that. He stayed very calm. He stayed very composed. He stuck to the script. His words were to unify the country and unity for everyone. Um, He did speak on policies. I'm not going to get onto that. But for the general for the general tone of the State of the Union address in his speech, I felt like he did fairly well. And the numbers today, as far as his approval ratings are backing that up. The question is, do people believe him? I'm one of those people that does not believe him it's not a politician thing but if there was anybody in my life that they were telling me had lied over a thousand times in one calendar year i'm going to question that person's credibility i'm going to want to see more action than i am words and his words last night during his state of the union address were very very good very solid his tone was very solid i just don't know if he came off believable and credible and that's what I want to hear from you guys, our anchor audience. What did you think of the State of the Union address? If you even watch it at all, do you even care about that kind of stuff? Or you do you? Where, where are you guys at when it comes to the state of our union, the state of our nation? Are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? Are you somewhere in the middle? Where are you at in this whole thing? And what are some of the concerns that you have about this president, if any? this country if any and where you think we should go moving on moving forward ko you have any thoughts oprah for president you know i wouldn't want oprah to be president i've thought about this 
Well, it, I would want her to be president, but I'm not a fan of our president having it become a popularity contest to the point where people with no experience can be running for office. The same way I didn't think that Donald was qualified but, to be president because he has absolutely no experience. But think I about say this the stuff. same thing for Oprah. Just Donald's not qualified, but I think Oprah's more qualified than Donald because basically as a president, you are a humanitarian and you will represent the country's overall agenda with how they want to interact with the rest of the world, which I think Oprah is a good ambassador for that. Now, when it comes to like economics, I think she's qualified because she has to deal with her riches and her money. She shares, she builds things for people, she does a lot of humanitarian aid. So I give her credit on those things. When it comes to like filibustering and doing nothing but saying you're doing something with the, the, all the meetings and stuff, I don't think she's qualified for that because who is? Who knows how to BS? She's about business, I know that. Mm -hmm. That much from what I can just see from what she does and what she did with her show and how she's helped people. She relates to people, she has an ear to the streets, knows what's going on in the community. Um, her popularity might get in the way of her being considered a good candidate because of that and because Donald Trump stunk up the office with his popularity contest, but I think she'd be more diplomatic than he would be. Absolutely. I agree with you for sure that she would be better at it or more qualified to do it than the Donald, but I still, again, it's more about, I want somebody that has experience dealing with, that has some political experience. But what does running? What, what does political experience get you uh, over everybody else? Like, how, how do you get experience from doing it? Like, lawmaking. Uh, what, what type of experience though? I mean, like on, on the aspect of it. I know what you're talking about. I'm trying to figure out myself too. It's like, because yeah. I agree. I'm trying to figure out what is it that they need to have that is lacking as a president. I think a lot of the stuff that Donald is getting in trouble for right now is would be perfectly fine if he wasn't President Trump. If he was just Donald Trump doing this, what he's doing in his business world, he would be fine. But President Trump, not knowing the rules, not knowing obstruction, not knowing what, you know what I mean, collusion, shit like that, not knowing how that will look as the president, yeah. is what's getting him in trouble. Yeah. So some another person that has a little bit of political experience understands those type of things that that's what what's getting in his way wouldn't be an issue for yeah. someone else that has served i don't know have you done the senate are you a governor um did you go to law school like a little bit like law that, no that's law. what it is that's what it is you know law then i feel like you can you're 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 putting yourself in a position of having some experience to hold that office you, you gotta know it. law i was trying to figure out like there's something that they need to have i'm trying to think of it and that's what it was a background in law actually knowing law Yes. That is the perfect answer for what you need to have as president of the United States. You need to know the damn laws in the Constitution and how it affects everybody. What up, boys? Eric from The Hook. Love the podcast. Love the breakdown of the, the Washington trade. Um, just had a quick question for you. I wanted to talk about the Super Bowl. Everybody's talking about the Eagles' defense, talking about if they're going to take down the King and they're built to take down the King. Of course, this is all coming from Philly. Do you think this defense has enough to hold up against TB12, the GOAT, the best of all time? It's Cali KO brought to you by Anchor. Eric, I appreciate the call, man, and, and the question is a very good question. Speaking Super Bowl, talking Philly and New England, does Philly have the defense to give TB12 and the Patriots fits? Absolutely they do. Will they give him fits? Absolutely they will. But will that be enough to win the game? That's what I'm not sure about, brother. I mean, Tom Brady and Belichick and the Patriots have gone against great defenses before. And the only time they've really lost to those great defenses was the New York Giants 
um, ran by Tom Coughlin as the coach and the stray hand and tuck and that, that front four that could pre- present a problem with the pass rush. And Philly's got like eight D linemen that they can interchange and mix up and straight up give him fits. Kind of like what Seattle was doing, who Tom Brady also beat. So they have the roster. They have the scheme. Philly does. Philly has the roster. They have the defense. They have the scheme. They have the talent. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to beat the Patriots. We've all seen that because it comes down to what's going to happen at halftime in that locker room. When Belichick and Brady and that offense, if they sit down and they figure out what Philly was doing in the first half to stop them in whatever way they are going to stop them, and then the adjustments that they make in the third quarter, fourth quarter, moving on in that game. Philly has the talent. They can do it. I was just watching ESPN first take, and I saw Emmitt Smith pick the Eagles to beat the Patriots. I saw Patrick Peterson pick the Eagles to beat the Patriots. And I'm, I, I really feel like in my heart of hearts, and this is what I want to hear some feedback on, I feel like these people are picking Philly just to balance out the argument, just to play devil's advocate, just to say that the team has a chance. Everyone has a puncher's chance any given Sunday. We get that. But I really feel like them picking Philly it's just blowing smoke up our ass just to say you guys should watch this. You should watch it because it's not just going to be another Patriots ass whooping like all the other ones are. We're not going to see a 25 point come from behind deficit like we did last year against Atlanta. I don't think it's going to get like that. Philly doesn't have Atlanta's offense to, to pull away, but they have the defense to stay close and make it a game. Will they ball out the Eagles in the championship minutes and fend the Patriots come back off for their second half push off. Jacksonville couldn't do it. They were dominating that game. And then you saw it in their face. They had that look like, fuck, we can't hang with these guys. And then Brady did what he does. So it's going to be interesting to see. We've seen a lot of other teams that were really good, better than the Patriots even, lose to the Patriots. So I don't know if that answers your question, homie. But that's the best answer I can give you. Yes, Philly has a chance. They have a puncher's chance. They have the squad to do it. That doesn't mean they will. Give me your feedback, man. It's Cali KO brought to you by Anchor. We're talking Super Bowl now. Hey.